Welcome to today's podcast of Places, People, Purpose. Today we are going to travel to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. Before jumping into today's episode, we'd like to recommend a wonderful and comprehensive resource that was used both during our trip to the canyon and in writing these podcasts, and that is the book titled Grand Canyon, The Complete Guide by James Kaiser. It is just a great book on the canyon, and we would highly recommend it to anyone who is either going to visit the Grand Canyon or would just like to know more about this mesmerizing and special place. If you'd like to purchase a copy of this book, we have it on the Our Favorites page of our website, placespeoplepurpose.com. The North Rim is only 10 miles from the South Rim if you were to take a direct line and fly there, but the North Rim is located in one of the least densely populated places in the continental United States, and it isn't easy to get to. The nearest large airport is Las Vegas, Nevada, which is a five-hour drive. There is a small regional airport at St. George, Utah, which leaves you about a three-hour drive. While there aren't any trains or public buses that go to the North Rim, there are private shuttles that make daily trips from the South Rim to the North Rim between May and October. The drive is about five hours each way. There is also just one road that goes to the North Rim, and this is Arizona 67. For all of these reasons, fewer than one in 10 Grand Canyon visitors makes it to the North Rim. For those that do, they are rewarded with reduced crowds and some of the Grand Canyon's most spectacular scenery. And this starts even before you get to the rim. On your way to the South Rim, you absolutely feel like you are in the middle of the desert southwest on your way there. But on the way to the North Rim, it's a completely different landscape. Leading up to the North Rim, the land is covered by spruce, fir, and aspen. And it feels more like being in some mountain setting than the desert southwest. The North Rim is 8,200 feet above sea level, which is more than 1,000 feet higher than the South Rim. As a result, the temperatures at the North Rim are cooler, and there is 60% more precipitation. In fact, winters bring so much snow that Arizona 67, the only road to access the park, closes. So while the South Rim is open year-round to tourists, the North Rim is only open seasonally. The facilities there shut down in mid-October, but the park does remain open until the first heavy snow, which is typically around the middle of November. When you arrive at the North Rim, the center of all activity is the Grand Canyon Lodge. The lodge has open-air back porches on either side that provide spectacular views of the canyon. The restaurant in the lodge also has amazing views. Next to the Grand Canyon Lodge is a visitor center and a gift shop. There are four options for eating at the North Rim. There is the main dining room at the Grand Canyon Lodge, the Deli in the Pines, and the Rough Rider Saloon, which becomes the coffee saloon in the morning 
offering the normal selection of espresso drinks. The deli and saloon are both at the Grand Canyon Lodge as well. The coffee saloon opens at 5.30 in the morning, so I was able to get my cup of coffee and still catch the sunrise at Bright Angel Point. Is that an amazing start to the day or what? In terms of accommodations, there are rooms available at the lodge or a number of rustic private cabins. We stayed in one of the cabins, and yes, it is rustic, but it was fine and a comfortable place to sleep. The North Rim Campground is also located nearby the lodge, close to the rim of the canyon, and has 90 campsites. All of these lodging options are in high demand, so it's a good idea to book early if you are planning to visit the North Rim. The original Grand Canyon Lodge was built in 1928. In the 1920s, Stephen Mather, who was the first director of the National Park Service, championed the construction of grand lodges in national parks, as the beautiful lodges helped lure visitors to the national parks. The lodge was designed by Gilbert Stanley Underwood, who was the same architect that built Yosemite's famous Awani Hotel. The original Grand Canyon Lodge was built out of native ponderosa pine and kaibab limestone, but just four years after it opened in 1928, the original hotel burnt down. A rebuilt lodge opened in 1936, which had improvements such as steel beams to prevent fires and sloped roofs to help withstand the North Rim's heavy snow. Bright Angel Point is a popular viewpoint that is located a short half-mile southeast of the Grand Canyon Lodge. Sitting at 8,148 feet above sea level, you will have dramatic and spectacular views from this vantage point. Another interesting thing to note is that the walls of the South Rim appear to be almost vertical, while the walls of the North Rim seem to gradually recede back away from the Colorado River the difference is due to the varying rates of erosion between the north and south rims. Because the walls of the north rim receive so much more runoff, they erode horizontally up to 10 times faster than the walls of the south rim. We would be remiss if we didn't spend at least a little time on the Colorado River. As we have been talking about, there wouldn't be any Grand Canyon without the Colorado River. It's still hard to believe that the river has cut a mile into the surrounding landscape, exposed nearly two billion years of the Earth's history, and flushed out over a thousand cubic miles of eroded sediment, resulting in one of the most amazing natural features in all of North America. What makes the Colorado particularly unique is the most terrifying elevation drop of any major river in North America, from its headwaters to the Rocky Mountains to the Gulf of California. The Colorado drops over 13,000 vertical feet. This steep drop, which occurs over a relatively short distance, creates a fast and furious river that drops an average of 7.7 feet per mile. 
Just for some context, this is 25 times steeper than the mighty Mississippi River. Because a river's erosive power increases exponentially with its speed, the Colorado would be a highly destructive river in any part of the world. But its impact is greatly intensified in the desert southwest with its soft rocks and sparse vegetation. On average, the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon is 300 feet wide and 25 feet deep. Although rapids only comprise approximately 28 miles of this part of the Colorado, they account for a 1,000-foot drop in elevation. That is why some of the rapids on the Colorado running through the Grand Canyon drop up to 30 feet in a matter of seconds. That's all we have for today. We hope you enjoyed our journey to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Join us tomorrow when we continue our exploration and discovery of the west rim of the Grand Canyon. We look forward to having you with us for our next episode of Places, People, Purpose, where we create connections to our world.